mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of Telling Everybody Everything. It's a few days late. Again, for those of you who might not know, the reason why I am begging for your patience and forgiveness is because I'm currently working on a Sky sitcom heist comedy drama with Ramesh Ranganathan, my very good friend and fellow comedian. It is called Romantic Getaway. This week, we are getting away to film the very last episode and we will be out of the country. So it's going to be late next week too, honestly, but I'll be back Friday. Expect it then. And then it will be regular once more. When you're filming a sitcom, you are gone from dawn till dusk. Actually, in the UK, for those of you who listen internationally, I'm awake with Fred, uh, not for extended periods of the night, but he does still drink milk throughout the night. No, I don't need any advice on how to stop that. It doesn't bother me. But I see 4 a.m. very often, and it's bright at 4 a.m. in England, and it doesn't really get dark until 9.30, 10. It's like living in fucking Finland sometimes. It's really cool. A lot of daylight right now. I'm very grateful. Um, yeah, but some days I don't see my children really awake in the day and I don't have time for the podcast because I'm in almost every scene of Romantic Getaway so there's no quiet time in my dressing room either. So I fit it in where I can. Today is when I record the episode and when I release the episode. Self-edited, no producer. And that is the beauty of not answering to anyone. You can be a bit late. You ask your um, listener for forgiveness, and you just edit it and put it out. It's Father's Day. It's Sunday. I had a doctor's appointment early in the morning because I have to schedule these in again. Really weird days of the week, and I have a really amazing autoimmune doctor. I'm not sick from lupus, but if you've listened to any episodes before, you know I have lupus. It's something I have to keep on top of. And this doctor, I was like, please, can I see the doctor? I asked his secretary on this day or this day. I have no other days. And she said, well, no, he can't see you till July. I said, no problem. Put me on a cancellation list. Let me know. She spoke to the doctor, got right back in touch with me and said, Catherine, he can see you on July or what day is it today? June 19th, Father's Day morning. Can you come see him in the morning? And I know he's a dad. And I was like, oh, well, all right. I felt so bad. Went there with Bobby. This man, bright and early, Sunday morning, is in a beautiful suit. And I got, why don't you dress up for me? I'm literally wearing like, well, actually, they're amazing overalls. They're Ghani. They have a lot of pastel colored flowers on them. But then I wore it with a, a red, like predominantly red Haley Menzies long cardigan. Two beautiful items on their own. Completely mismatched. Didn't go together. And not at all in the like ironic fashion mismatch on purpose way. Wet hair. Purple scrunchie. I just look a mess. He's in a like 
pale gray, beautiful suit, crisp white collar, gorgeous shoes. He like dressed up for us. I'm like, God damn it. You didn't have to do that at all. And I said at the end of the appointment, well, thanks for squeezing me in on a Sunday. I guess you might have Father's Day plans later with your kids. And he goes, well, I was going to take my son to see The Lion King this afternoon, but I moved those plans for you. I was like, what? I would never. And this is why people who work in healthcare are just so wonderful, so dedicated. Not important that Father's Day is probably the worst day to watch The Lion King, unless you happen to have an evil brother and you want to teach your son a powerful metaphoric lesson about the coming of age. But um, yeah, I was very grateful to go to that appointment this morning. And it was all the way in Seven Oaks, which is nowhere near where I live, but I will travel for the right doctor. And then on the way out, we went to this beautiful cafe called Teal. I can't recommend this cafe enough. We didn't eat in because it was heaving on a Sunday Father's Day, but we got a takeaway, gluten-free, no waste. I don't even know what that means. I presume like they put the eggshells in it. Gluten-free, no waste, orange zest cake with a little cappuccino on the side. Ate that in the car like a wolf. It was delicious. If you live anywhere near Seven Oaks or you're visiting like a specialized doctor there for your autoimmune disease, (laughs) pop into Teal. I think it's family run too. They had lots of like Jubilee decorations still up. I was impressed. Oh my God. And they have alcohol and like little bottles of white wine. I guess you could take that in the car. I don't know what the, what the deal is there, but it looked like an awesome spot. And now Bobby is downstairs watching the, I think it's the U.S. Open. It's like an American golf tournament. And that's the beauty of Father's Day. What does a mother want on Mother's Day? She wants you to take her to brunch, shower her with gifts. But what does a father want on Father's Day? He wants to be left alone. I have the screen. I'm watching Fred. He's been asleep for 30 minutes. And he is what we call in our family on the wig, on the wiggle. It means he's moving around, but hopefully he stays asleep. If not, I'll pop out and sort that and then come right back. Oh God, he's got two dummies. He's trying to decide which one to put in his mouth, but he is half asleep. Oh, this could go badly. Yeah, it went badly. He slept for 30 minutes. I went and got him. I am back now. I don't know what it is about this kid. He knows what I am doing. He just has a spidey sense of like, if I'm trying to accomplish something while he's asleep, those are the days that he doesn't sleep. If I sleep next to him, then he'll sleep for like two hours. I have to set an alarm to wake us both up. Oh, well, um, he's with his sister. This is the beauty of having a freshly turned 13-year-old girl. It was Violet's birthday yesterday. The kids have the same due date, but Fred was born a few days before his, and Violet was born a few days after hers. Very sweet. So we had two birthdays in the house. Last week, I worked on both of their birthdays. That was fine because Fred doesn't know when his birthday is. He can't really read a calendar yet. Yes, he is potty trained, mom's net, but he's not great at knowing, you know, like a Western calendar. What kind of calendar are we on? I forget what it's called. An Egyptian calendar? I don't know. And then Violet, as you might know from listening to this podcast, really struggled to find a venue for her birthday. So last night was our big fuck off, pretty woman, big mistake, period, huge, period, evening. It was incredible. If you're looking for a venue, I can say what it is now in Borehamwood slash Elstree slash Hertfordshire, North London. It is called 96 Shenley Road. That is both the address and the name of the venue. And they do, I mean, anything you want. I think mostly adult parties. It's also a community center with lots of events. But they rolled out the red carpet, both metaphorically and literally. There was a red carpet. Um, parking is not really available around this venue, but you can park in the retail park over the road. Otherwise, 
absolute 12 out of 10. The staff were great. They helped me with the projector. They have a light-up dance floor, a stage, uh, so that you can have a DJ or whatever that you want. They cleaned up afterwards. I didn't have to do anything. I brought in all the event planner, decorator, caterer, sweets lady, DJ. They all set up. They all tore down, and the venue helped clear up, and it's part of the fee. They have a kitchen that the caterers could use. They were fine with hosting a 13-year-old's birthday, and it just went amazingly well. So I can't recommend this venue enough. They were so polite, so nice. And spoiler alert, the 13-year-old girls did not trash the venue. So a big suck your mom to every single venue where I live for declining service to teenagers, thereby creating an environment where they can't even exist in their own communities. Bobby, by the way, would be on your side. Bobby would not let the girls have the party in the house. (laughs) So, I mean, he's like, they're private businesses, Catherine. They can, you know, refuse service to anyone. They can. And I can call them out for it and say that I think it's bullshit. Anyway, I was very grateful to this one venue and to all the planners. I've put them on my Instagram. This amazing girl, um, Lucy, she she helped make the Duchess – wedding episode dress slash jumpsuit that I wore to Shep and Cheryl's wedding if you saw the Duchess on Netflix and she is a designer in her own right her brand is called at shop Lulu label and she does a lot of scrunchies and different things but she takes commissions she's really busy but she found the time to make this amazing 90s throwback dress for Violet and it is very difficult I know you don't really do prom in this country but if you you kind of do and if you want that style of dress then trust me, because I looked online, the only option is to get it from Eastern countries where you don't really know the working conditions because it costs a suspiciously low amount. And then the dresses come and you see all those memes online. It's like, this is what I thought I was buying and here's what it is. And it turns up and it's like a clear bin bag with fairy lights in it and it was meant to be a dress. So, you know, Get a small business to do something for you if you can. Shop local. Reach out to someone like Louise. Um, Find that type of person in your community. She's like a young woman who is an entrepreneur and so very talented. And that's what I like to do. It's just safer. And no, it doesn't cost more money because look how much money you've thrown down the drain. If you order something from a sus business online that enslaves workers without rights and then you get something that's a piece of trash anyway and it ends up in a landfill. So, you know, buy cheap, buy twice, as they say. So if you can afford to shop local, then I think you always should. But I mean, I understand people have to make do. If you can, if you can. Amazon. Prime Video Backstage with Catherine Ryan is out. It's been streaming every episode since the 9th of June. I'm so appreciative to everyone who watched it. If you watched it and you liked it, please share it. That is how streaming services spread their content around. I mean, it's available worldwide, but I've heard lots of messages from people who are like, I can't find it in Australia. I don't know how to find it in America. It's not front and center for everyone. And there was an issue for a while that if you searched the word backstage, it didn't come up and you had to search back space bar stage, which doesn't make any sense because it is one word. And I mean, that's kind of annoying because there are lots of technical issues that just crop up. I love working with Prime Video. There are, of course, helpful elements and drawbacks. There are benefits and drawbacks to working with a streaming service. And that is the way that they advertise is very different from a TV channel, a terrestrial TV channel. It's kind of like COVID. It's like the more people get it, the more people will get it. And if 
people somehow stumble upon your special or your show, then it will present itself in the forefront of other people's homepages. You know what I mean? And they don't really prioritize advertising one or the other. And there's been great advertising for Backstage with Catherine Ryan, but it always helps the most if people are watching it and watching it to the end. And for some reason, like a virus, then it pops up in other people's search things. So, I mean, this was explained to me one time. It's a very rudimentary explanation for like what actually goes on. In episode two, now every episode has different comedians. It's very diverse. It has, you know, it's just a very inclusive uh, cast. So if one comedian you don't think is your favorite, by the way, if you watch the episode, you might see that comedian from a different angle and think, actually, maybe that comedian is my favorite. I hadn't thought of them like this. I didn't really know them. You really get to know them. They come across, I believe, so authentically to who they are offstage. But, you know, start with an episode where that comedian interests you, you want to know more about them or see what their, you know, process is for getting ready to do a gig or their nerves. You want to know about them off stage, and then you'll like it so much I know you'll watch the other episodes. But episode two, I am backstage with a female colleague, and we're talking about predators in my industry. Now, there are predators in every industry. It's not exclusive to television, show business, comedy, And I don't think, you know, from what I've heard, it seems to be less of a problem than perhaps it was. There are also more demographics represented in my community than there used to be. It used to be a very white male dominated field. And that's changed. And I always preface this by saying that most, like the vast majority of productions that I work on are completely safe, inclusive spaces where there is a system for complaints and it's so sensitive and if one person says anything that might be deemed an off-color remark an email goes out and it goes remember everyone we're an inclusive space and you might think you're telling a joke it might make someone feel vulnerable so watch what you say and be respectful of everyone you know that's what most of these spaces are like that does not mean that every once in a while a creep slips or has slept slipped through the cracks slept through the cracks exactly so i was happy for backstage with Catherine ryan to give viewers an insight into what women in my industry actually talk about i was happy for them to show a dressing room conversation between me and my colleague where i say yeah what's your experience with predators oh yeah here's my experience with predators right we know not to name anyone and also I'm sure the channel would not name anyone because that causes this big litigious issue does that mean that in real life everyone I work with doesn't know exactly who I'm talking about no I wasn't trying to out anyone I wasn't trying to name anyone but the backlash from this is like well Catherine you are the problem you're creating a dangerous environment for people because you want to accuse someone without saying their name I didn't accuse anyone I gave viewers an insight into the conversations that we have unfortunately these are the conversations that sometimes we have backstage and the media loves it. I don't know what it is. I'm trying to figure out what is in it for them. I'm, and I'm happy they're promoting the show. But there seems to be this thirst for like, let's talk about predators. But only from the female perspective. Like, girls, who do you think is dangerous? What should we do to make you feel safer? What should happen in your industry? It's like, no one asks the men. 
It's also worth pointing out that the way the story is printed, if we answer a question, is as though we opened a window and just screamed an idea out without being asked. You ask us again and again and again about predatory behavior, and we answer you honestly because comedians are not no-comment demographic. We like to honestly answer questions. We're very candid and very transparent, happy to tell you the truth and happy to tell you our feelings about things all the time. That's what we do on stage. But when you print it again and again, oh, here's Catherine, troublemaker of the year, spouting off about predators again. It's like, well, you keep fucking asking me. Ask the men. Find out what's going on. It's like, you don't have the balls to name him because you know that you can't without a massive lawsuit unless you have abundant amounts of proof. You know that I can't name him, so stop fucking asking me. It's just, it puts us in such an unsafe position. Why don't you ask him who he is? Why isn't there an article that goes, uh, excuse me, could the man that Catherine's referring to, um, she said it to his face, right? So does does he remember that incident? Could he please identify himself as the person that, you know, because I handled it, for lack of a better term, quote unquote, like a man. I didn't go to anyone else about it. This is something that is talked about or was talked about, whatever, in my industry. I decided to take this job, and I said to his face what I thought of him. So ask him who he is. Dear man, who are you? Because Catherine apparently confronted you in front of loads of people. Identify yourself and quit asking us. We keep each other safe. We share these stories like tribes have done for generations, like women have done for generations. It's not a witch hunt. We're not trying to get someone or seek revenge on anyone. It's just, you know, women hundreds of years ago would say, oh, while you're out foraging, don't eat those berries because I found out they're poison. Oh, okay. Duly noted. Won't eat those berries. Oh, by the way, if you go foraging today, the water in that stream is toxic, so don't you know, let your kids drink from it. Cool. Thanks for sharing that information. That's how like society was formed. And that's how society will continue to operate. Groups have quiet conversations where they go, I'd watch out for him if I were you. Okay, thanks. And by the way, anytime someone is convicted, it was a massively open secret. Like when Bill Cosby was convicted, no one was like, what? Bill Cosby? almost exclusively everyone in Hollywood was like, yeah, 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 he was giving women quaaludes. When Harvey Weinstein was convicted, no one was surprised. There's a British nonce who we don't even mention in this country. You definitely can't even say his name on the BBC because it's such a national fucking embarrassment. What an open secret it was, how everyone knew and high up powerful people enabled him. And not everyone is to blame because these people can be very, very, very charming. And that's part of how I guess they operate is is they trick people and they charm people. Fine. I'm not saying, you know, that absolutely everyone knew, but certainly people must have known. It's not like, you know, the wonderful Betty White passes away and it turns out she was, oh, do you know Betty White was a serial predator? What? Like, there's no one's ever shocked like that. That would be a huge shock. Anyone who was proven to be a predator, it's like all of a sudden a thousand people go, oh, yeah, yeah, we knew about that. It's, a, it's amazing he's actually facing justice. Hmm, we never thought that was going to happen. So I don't know. If I had anything more to say about it, I would say it here. 
So there's no need for journalists to be ringing my phone. How do you have my number? We only banged the once. I just am ready for it to go away because I am not hopeful that anything will change. We'll keep conducting ourselves the way we always have. And if you want to see the intimate conversations that comedians have backstage, I mean, watch Backstage with Catherine Ryan. That is one of the types of conversations we have backstage. But you also get to see people's process, how they write their stand-up, how nervous they get before going on. It's just a great show. I genuinely am so proud of it. I'm so touched that people are watching it, sharing it. On Monday, that is tomorrow, June 20th, I will be making an announcement. Let me just get the email up. Making an announcement about shows in Canada next month and the month after. So here we go. Where is this info? Haha. You guys know, if you listen to the podcast, that I'm doing Montreal JFL Just for Laughs Festival in July. I have shows there on the 29th and the 30th. Those are on sale now. That is next month. I cannot wait to be there. I can't wait to bring the family. I can't wait to bring Bobby. JFL is such a good time. But then tomorrow, I will be announcing a show in Ottawa. Tomorrow, I will be announcing that that show is August 3rd in Ottawa at the Algonquin Commons Theater. That's all embargoed right now, but I will be announcing it tomorrow. Tickets will go on sale the day after tomorrow for a pre-sale, I think. Pre-sale, I'm I'm sure there's going to be some code, and then they'll be on general sale the day after that. On Saturday, the 6th of August, I will be doing a show in Toronto. That's about to be announced tomorrow. The venue is the Danforth Music Hall. I'm going to announce that tomorrow, and that is right near where my sister lives, so roll up. The pre-sale will be sometime this week. I forget exactly when they said, and then general sale will be the day after that. Canada, a lot of you ask me, like, why don't you ever do gigs in Canada? And I say, well, because it isn't financially advantageous for me to do gigs in Canada. In my experience of living there, which admittedly was like 15 years ago, people don't go out to support live comedy with the exception of the Just for Last Festival as much as they do in the UK. Sure, people go to comedy clubs, but in my experience, a lot of people just go to hockey games and then they don't go as much as they go in the UK. So please come and see me or else I'll never be allowed to go again. That's how it works. If people don't watch Backstage with Catherine, I won't get to make more. If people don't come to see me do my gigs in Ottawa, I mean, in the cities that will be announced tomorrow in Canada, then I won't get to do any more again. These are Live Nation shows, so that is where the tickets and the announcement will be. I love Live Nation, my touring company. They do an incredible job, and I'm so excited to be in Canada. There are going to be some words from our sponsors now, and then after that, all you sexy dads on Father's Day, you know how I feel about you. I'm going to get to the emails. I love when you write me questions. I love answering the questions. But first, these incredible words. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com 
What's fun about the podcast is sometimes I don't even remember what I've said. I do not have any recollection of talking about herpes on the podcast, though I do think it's important to destigmatize sexually transmitted infections, uh, to know more about them. They happen to good people all the time. I got a letter that says herpes, misinformation. Okay, I had to open it. Catherine, I wanted to let you know that what you said about herpes transmission was not correct. Though I know you meant no malice in your message, I'm sure you'd only want to give good health information to your listeners, correct? P.S. As far as my bona fides go, I am a practicing medical doctor in Australia. Well, Australia. No, just kidding. And I've linked some specific references below. Herpes can be transmitted anytime there is viral shedding. While active lesions will definitely involve viral shedding, most transmissions occur during asymptomatic reactivation. Barrier protection is needed, even when asymptomatic, to reduce the risk of transmission, no matter the nature of exposure. And then they've specified oral, anal, vaginal. Data also shows that suppressive antiviral therapy can reduce these transmission rates. Without condom use, data collected from persons with newly acquired HSV2, that's the herpes virus that's on your vag, suggests that the number of coital acts prior to transmission is actually quite low. So while I don't doubt your listener did tell her partner, it's still important that sufferers of herpes, symptomatic and asymptomatic, communicate to their current and prospective partners the risk of transmission, as it is an incurable condition, and at its worst can result in daily and debilitating lesions, especially in the immunocompromised. Oh shit, I'm immunocompromised. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Dr. I'll say his name. That's all right. Dr. Luke. He's a doctor. Um, Is that how that works? Wait, doctor-patient confidentiality only goes one way. All right. Plus, it sounds like a sexy name. Like, he would be a better Love Island contestant doctor, you know? Oh, it's Dr. Luke. Here he comes. Wait a minute. Wasn't that, like, a predatorial DJ as well that was involved with, like, Kesha, allegedly? Hang on. I'm going to make sure that wasn't the one. His name was, oh no, it was Dr. Luke. All right, this is a different Dr. Luke. This is not the one embroiled in the scandals with Kesha. This is an actual doctor, and he also has a last name, but I haven't used it. And he wants you to be healthy and safe regarding transmission of herpes. I'm immunocompromised. I have lupus. So if Bobby gives me herpes, we're going to have two problems on our hands. Number one, where did he get herpes? <laughs> Number two, I didn't know that it was worse for people like that. So thank you so much, Dr. Luke. Ooh, this one's called Boyfriend Knew His Tattoo Would Upset Me. Catherine, my boyfriend of three years asked me what I thought of a tattoo he was thinking of getting. He has a few, but this one included a cigarette. As a non-smoker wanting children one day and having a grandparent die of lung disease, I really hated that part of it. He said he would get the tattoo without the cigarette. Fast forward to the day of the tattoo, he sent me a photo of it. He had it done with the cigarette. I asked him if he planned on doing it all along, and he said no, but then on the day, he just decided to go for the cigarette. When he did it, he told me he knew it would upset me, but that he just did it anyway. This was a few months ago, but every time I see the tattoo, it reminds me that he didn't mind hurting me. What the hell do I do? Oh, God. I think... I think it's none of your business, really, what he does with his body, because it's his body. And I would say that I don't think it's any of his business what you do with yours. And I know that a cigarette killed your grandparents, but like, that's what grandparents do. They die. And I'm really sorry, but they I'm sure your grandparent loved smoking because all our grandparents loved smoking. Do you know? And I'm really sorry that they got lung disease. 
we know better now, but I mean, there's a certain like cool hand Luke. Why is like, I'm, I'm saying the word Luke so much in this podcast today. There's a certain like old Hollywood appeal to the aesthetic of a cigarette. And I feel like having a tattoo of a cigarette isn't going to harm your future children. And it doesn't mean any disrespect to your beloved deceased grandparent who, you know, I know cigarettes kill people. I know it's really dangerous. But what if he'd had some burlesque dancer in a martini glass or something? You know, alcoholism is bad for people too. I mean, I understand that the, the issue is not really the cigarette. The issue is that you made it very clear that something would upset you and your boyfriend went and did it anyway. It doesn't say how old you are. I mean, this is hard for me because Bobby could get a tattoo of anything apart from maybe like a a woman. Like if he wanted a specific ex. I had a boyfriend one time who went and got a tattoo done of like just a sexy girl. And then it was revealed this was not just a sexy girl. It was his friend who was like an Eastern European playboy model. And I was like, oh, this is someone you know and you got a tattoo of them? And he said, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like I had her face done in like Day of the Dead makeup. So she's a ghost. So what it means is I'm finished with sexy women. And I was like, what? I'm arguably the sexiest woman alive. And then it transpired that they actually had, um, well, he admitted to like some physical whatever. But I mean – he was a liar, so they probably did a lot more. If he told me about one small thing, they probably did like loads of things. Probably cheated on me with this girl. He got a tattoo of a girl while he was with me who was a real girl that he'd done bits with, put it that way. Um, that, I didn't even break up with him for that. I ended up breaking up with him because he was like an all-around sleazebag. But that was weird. But I think, I think you got to pick your battles with people. And if this is something that's super important to you, You need to ask yourself in your quiet moments at night, do I genuinely feel so betrayed by this that I can't get past it? Or is this my boyfriend's way of drawing a boundary between, you know, what he's prepared to let me dictate about his life and about his artistic choices and about his body? You need to really think about that. And you can only answer that question because you know your personality and his and you know what works for you because no one's... You know, no one's wrong in a relationship that works, right? But then everyone's wrong in a wrong relationship. So you just have to personally identify what your boundaries are. For me, this wouldn't bother me at all, even if I'd said don't get the cigarette. Because, I I mean, this is the problem. I'm not the person who would say don't get a cigarette. I think you need to really find out why it bugs you. And if you are clearly, if this is a deal breaker for you, then fine. And if you think this is going to be a pattern of behavior where he says one thing and does another and disrespects your wishes, maybe it's just worth having a conversation with him to be like, maybe you didn't, perhaps you did not know that this was so deeply important to me and you did it thinking I would get over it in a couple of days. But when I said I didn't want you to do it, it was actually so deeply important to me. And now I'm worried that I'm looking to marry a man and have children with a man who doesn't care you know who has no regard for what deeply matters to me and that is a problem that's a pattern that's a problem so have that chat Ooh, Catherine, how to get some sexy time whilst going through a divorce 
To cut a long story short, I'm at the start of what's probably going to be a messy divorce with my soon-to-be ex. We were together for 11.5 years from the age of 17. Oh, we have two kids together. But he decided to cheat while I was pregnant with baby number two. I'm starting to feel loads better and I've been in therapy for a while, but I'm suddenly horny as fuck. This was kind of a surprise to me since my ex cited my low sex drive as a reason for this that he cheated. Turns out I just didn't want to have sex with him. Anyway, my therapist says I'm not ready to date and I should be working on myself right now. And I do agree. But at the same time, there are only so many nights that a girl can spend indoors with her vibrator. So after a really bad Tinder date and a friend's recommendation, I've joined a dating app that caters to polyamorous and kink. I've been chatting to two different guys on there and I've made it very clear that I'm just looking for friends with benefits type situation. Let's be honest. I don't have the time or emotional energy to maintain a normal relationship with a nine month old and a four-year-old at home. Uh, I don't want to like upset the kink community. And I know that I will. And I just worry that like, if your therapist knows you very well, because you've been in therapy, as you say, for a while, and your therapist has advised that you don't go out and sex, have sex right now, and you work on yourself, maybe after being, I mean, look, maybe this kinky lifestyle is great for you and it's healthy and it's what you want. But I think that going from being married for over a decade, since you were only a small young woman, 17 years old, being single for the first time with these very small children at home, thrusting yourself into a life of like quite hardcore indiscriminate sex feels to me potentially dangerous especially if your therapist said not to do it I feel like you might be missing some of the reasons why your therapist said not to do it because when you're vulnerable and when you're feeling like bad about yourself or when you're going through something difficult that is when like bad people somehow can find you for you to open yourself up to new people you need to be at your most powerful your strongest your most authentic and what I'm worried about is that maybe your little sexy brain has reverted back to being 16. That's the last time you were single. So you might be making quite dangerous choices potentially. Do you know what I mean? This is my instinct. That's not to say that, you know, you're not an adult who can make healthy decisions about kinks. Like that's fine. But you've, you're in the eye of a storm. And you said you're at the beginning of what might be a very messy divorce. So even if you feel centered and you're starting to feel better, you're like in the middle of a tornado and everything seems calm because like cows are flying around you and you're just like, oh, it's quite quiet in the center of this um, cyclone. Took me a while to think of the word cyclone. I think stop having sex with people, especially the way that you're having sex with people. I think your therapist is right. All right, I'm going to go on because there's, I'm only gone through half the email. Guy number one is quite a bit older than I am and has several other girlfriends on the go, but has been very sweet and understanding about my situation. We have long conversations about needs, wants, boundaries, consent, and safe sex. However, when we met up for a coffee date, it was awkward, and I'm not sure the chemistry is there. Do I pursue things further anyway? Is it okay sleeping with a guy I like even if I'm not attracted to him physically? No. 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 The sex chat has been hot so far, but I don't know how this will translate into real life. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Because your little animal brain, I keep saying little. I don't know why I'm saying little. It's because I'm picturing you being back at 17 now. Your animal brain is screaming out during this coffee going, we're not attracted to him. Get the fuck out. 
Guy number two is very hot and we're compatible in lots of ways. He told me straight off he had a main partner but was in an open relationship with them. Things were going great and we were talking about meeting up and then he told me he was actually getting married to his main partner. This freaked me out considering my very recent past of being cheated on by my spouse. He assures me that they both still intend to keep the relationship open but understands if this is a red line for me. I really like this guy but am I being an idiot just taking his word for it? Am I overthinking because I'm triggered? Basically, I'm just super horny and I need some advice on how to get some whilst protecting myself. (sighs) Stop with this polyamory. Just if you want, and not that polyamory is bad all the time, but in your current situation, you are not equipped to be making these decisions. You have a nine-month-old. That alone, like I think the first year postpartum, your brain is still like growing back and you have a four-year-old and you're going through a divorce step away from the dicks you just need to i'm with your therapist i'm sorry you can't do this right now if you happen to be out one night which like how do you find the time i have not gone out since fred was born if you happen and i'm not going through a divorce if you happen to be out one night and you meet someone and you have no strings attached sex with them and they seem like a nice person i guess fine if you're very safe because don't forget you can get murdered going anywhere with a stranger but you need to get off these websites and these apps for polyamorous and kink. Just no, please no, stop it. I'm sorry that that's not the news that you wanted, but you need to wait until the divorce is done because the quality of person that you'll be into right now is not reflective of who you deserve. I'm putting out fires all over the place today. I just saved a woman from getting herpes. Catherine, I'm a green-eyed monster. Love the podcast and hoping you can give me some advice. Generally, I'm an insecure and anxious person, but I try to put the best side out as I don't believe in whining. However, it does come out from time to time. At the moment, I'm in a great relationship, but unfortunately, due to my partner's job, we have to do a period of long distance with a big time difference. I know that in the past, I've been a really jealous partner, so I'm trying to prepare myself because I don't want to sabotage this. I should note, I do trust my partner 100%, but I know this is a problem with me putting myself in competition with other women constantly to the point where I convince myself other people are comparing us too. Then I become obsessive that they might be falling for these women who are so much better than me and I create problems that were never there. I've always been this way in relationships, although I have also been legit cheated on. So sometimes jealousy is a gut instinct. But this one is lovely and I don't want to mess it up with him. Also, I know it will be hard for him being away, and I don't want to make it worse by constantly having tantrums over nothing. How can I have a bit more faith in myself and not let my insecurities turn me into a jealous, clingy loser? Loser! If you haven't done the wordle today, I would do it quickly in the next three hours. That was the word. Um, okay. I think the first rule of Wordle is you're not allowed to say the word, but I just, I doubt people are going to listen to this until tomorrow, which is why I made the announcement about my shows and I told you what the Wordle word is. I love the word loser. It's just my generation. Loser. Look, I think this is your anxiety. You say I'm an anxious and insecure person. I feel like jealousy, insecurity, depression, a lot of those things uh, come from the core issue of anxiety. And I think that I totally understand where you're coming from. You don't want to push people away, though jealousy is, you know, sometimes a gut instinct that's really important. It's not really jealousy, though. The gut instinct when someone's cheating on you is different from feeling jealous. It's like just generally 
this relationship doesn't make me feel good. Other relationships have made me feel good. Something's not right. But you describe something very different, comparing yourself to other women, creating a problem, having a pattern of doing this. And that's not fun for you. Forget about your relationship. Like that's a horrible way to live. You need to find mindfulness. There are apps that you can use for this. Nikki Glaser recommends one all the time. She's an incredible comedian. She's got an amazing show on E! right now where she moves home in the pandemic and lives with her parents. And look, people annoy me when they can't find Backstage with Catherine Ryan on Prime Video. I don't know how to watch Nikki's show. And it was supposed to be on Hulu, but I can't find it. I think what I need to do is go into my browser, do something with Hulu, then go back into my phone, and then I think I can watch it. And I have days to do that. I'm a horrible friend because I understand that it's the first 28 days that matter most. If you can watch uh, Welcome Home, Nikki Glaser, you should. Is that what it's called? Welcome Home, Nikki Glaser? Yeah, with a question mark on the end. Okay, so Nikki Glaser's mindfulness app is called, it's called at waking up on Twitter. It's called waking up. She said, if you want to learn how to meditate, but don't know where to start, the waking up course is the best. 10 minutes a day, you can do it. And if you can't afford the subscription, read the fine print in the app store and find out how to get it for free. Not an ad, just want you to be happy. Nikki talks all the time about it. And I think mindfulness is going to fix loads of parts of your actual uh, personal relationship with yourself and your life and your work, not just your relationships. But I think stop defining yourself as a jealous person. You, you're not jealous. You're just anxious. You have anxiety and it's bleeding into other parts of your life. And anxiety will also make you really sick, really stressed. It's so important to find some type of meditative strategy that doesn't have to be like Buddhist meditating. It can be whatever it means to you. This goes for everyone listening. Anxiety is so dangerous. Find a way to get it out of your life. Start with this app. Start with, I don't know. I just learned somehow that people are different to me. Some people are better. Some people are worse. But like... Find what you love about your authentic self. Get outside more. Go for a run if you have to. Get rid of the anxiety. You will have better relationships, not just with men or this man, but with yourself. Oh, this one's called Gay Blowjobs. Catherine, I'm a 21-year-old gay American male living in Texas. Here's my dilemma. Whenever I give a guy a head, he pushes his penis further in my head. What the fuck is up with that? This includes committed partners as well as hookups. I have to say, I have a really bad gag reflex and I don't particularly enjoy giving head, even to guys who I really like. So to some men, I've said, hey, please don't. And sometimes they do and sometimes they continue shoving. For other men, I've just switched to a different activity altogether. Is this normal or common? Do men everywhere have no respect for the esophagus? Is it an American thing? Is it a gay thing? Or am I just constantly having sex with shitty men? I myself have pushed it in further before realizing that I was choking the guy and I have never done it since. I felt too bad. I didn't want the poor man to die over a dick. So many do. All advice and wisdom is greatly appreciated. Big fan. Love your work. Love to Bobby and the kids. Fuck the cat. God, I love this guy. I still hate the cat. But don't worry, we're not mean to the cat. We feed the cat. She has a wonderful life. You are having sex with Texans. They have guns. They watch pornography. They vote conservative. <laughs> and I feel like there is a toxic masculinity that is more present, perhaps, in some parts of the world. I think porn is the main thing to blame, and this is not a gay thing whatsoever. There are straight 
men, uh, all types of people with penises who have learned from pornography that being aggressive and violent and demeaning and degrading even sometimes is what people want. They say horrible things and they do really violent things sometimes. I think it's nuts that this is exclusively what you experience. Maybe you have a type in Texas of like, I don't know, just really aggressive tops. But um, you've got to, if you like someone enough to have the chat, to be like, look, I, I know it's really normal to want to have rough sex sometimes. And I know you probably saw in porn that everyone can like retract their jaw like a freaking pelican and deep throat your penis and it makes you feel like a man to hear someone gagging and choking for their life but that is not how people have sex in a loving relationship you know in my world and I don't like it and it makes me feel uncomfortable and it hurts my throat and I don't want to have sex like that and then if someone doesn't respect you for saying that then you know they're not the right person for you and I'm sorry that you've had committed partners who want to hurt you like this or who just you know don't think of your feelings enough or don't listen to you trying to communicate enough that you don't like this but no 100% it's not a gay thing at all it's a penis thing and a pornographic culture thing and hopefully it's going away I think younger people are moving away from that as we have like more important conversations like this but definitely texas i mean yeah it doesn't surprise me don't mess with texas they're so like you gotta be a boy like it would be very difficult to be gay in texas with that kind of culture and those messages like you have to be a quarterback and you have to be a man and you have to hunt tough but also kind of sexy so have this chat. Have the chat. So many people are scared to have the chat. Just articulate in a non-shameful way of like, look, I've seen this in porn too, but in my real life, I don't like it. Okay, a lot of you have written in about the young woman, well, the young girl on the podcast last week who talked about being harassed by boys in the school not doing anything about it and the girls reacting as though they were at fault for a lot of this behavior. If you didn't listen to it, listen to last week's episode. It's called Impossible. Um, here is from a primary school teacher. Catherine, I was absolutely horrified at the email from the young girl on your podcast. If you do find out which school she goes to, it's definitely worth contacting the multi-agency safeguarding hub, MASH is the acronym, or LADO, local authority designated officer for that area. They have a legal obligation to follow up on any complaints made and also have to feedback to you with any outcomes they find. The LADO deals with allegations against adults, but at this point, I think the adults need investigating. You can also contact Ofsted and it will trigger an inspection slash involvement from them as a safeguarding concern. I hope this helps. More advice. Catherine, legislation-wise, there is, assuming in the UK this happened, Keeping Children Safe in Education 2021, which sets out what schools should be doing, and there's a whole section on peer-to-peer -peer abuse. It's not about punishment. If something happens, then the police and social services need to be made aware and support. But in terms of the school, the focus needs to be on education. In this case, educating the boys on appropriate language and social interactions with girls. If the school do not do this, then it is a big safeguarding risk. And the 12-year-old or her parents can do an anonymous complaint to Ofsted, who have the power to do unannounced visits, and will make sure the school are doing what they should do as KCSIE, our holy Bible, or for a Sex and the City comparison, it would be Vogue. <laughs> Bobby just came in the door. 
Oh, it's because he has snacks. He opened the door super loud. My foot. Oh, with his foot. <laughs> there were lots and lots of people, teachers, child care givers, lots of just concerned parents who reached out about this email. Uh, a lot of similar advice and more long advice that I'm going to use. Uh, one more. Catherine, the school have a legal responsibility to appropriately record concerns, respond to them, and protect all children in their care. Well, yeah, but do they always do that? No. The school needs to be reported to the local authority as they are not fulfilling this duty. This duty is laid out in the government guidance, keeping children safe in education. Ideally, an adult, but... It could be a parent or carer should, could make the call or the girls could do this themselves if they feel comfortable to do so. The Harmful Sexual Behavior Support Network also provide really helpful support and advice. I know that they would also help with reporting the school. Their number, if anyone needs it, 03-44-225-0623. I would advise the girls if they want to, to contact Childline. The number for Childline is one, oh no, zero, eight hundred. 1111 to report their school and also to get support and advice. No one should be harassed or made to feel unsafe or uncomfortable at school, and the children perpetrating this abuse need support to manage their feelings and behavior so they don't repeat it. My God, it makes me angry when adults don't do their fucking jobs and keep children safe. Please let me know if you need anything further. I'm very happy to help in any way that I can. People are so great who listen to this podcast. Everyone is rallying for this girl and what is going on at her school. Unfortunately, though, guys, she didn't get back in contact with me so ugh, again this goes back to you know what was said in the beginning it's very difficult for people to come forward especially when they have come forward and their concerns are like brushed off and they see that nothing happens and I'm this girl is only 12 so I've written her another email just to be like yo I've got lots of advice I will deal with this for you anonymously just in case she didn't get a chance to listen to the podcast and I will update you next week but thank you for your advice and hopefully this advice applies to anyone else going through the same thing thank you so much for listening I uh, like I said I am away out of the country until Friday that is less than a week and then I am free from what has been an incredible but very time consuming job all encompassing making my podcast super late but it should not be late at all after that so thank you for your patience understanding if you ever want to write me an email it's telling everybody everything at gmail.com and i'll see you early next week Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com.